Good morning, my name is Vic. Why don't we take a seat? Can we also thank the band? They did an awesome job. Thanks, guys. And we also want to thank um, Pastor Harley and Natalie, firstly, for giving me the opportunity to come up here and share a word that God's placed on my heart based on a theme that is set before us, but also for the, for the work that they do, for the heart that they have. And um, as a church, always, never ever stop praying for your pastors, never ever stop honouring them. Can we just give them a real shout of praise for these guys as well. As I said, we've been focusing on boundaries, so I'm just going to start by praying, asking God to remove any boundaries um, that, that may be before us this morning. I pray, Father, that um, any distractions that may come, Lord God, would be removed as well. And I just pray, Lord God, that our hearts would be aligned to yours. Holy Spirit, we give you free reign to speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Challenge our hearts. But I pray, Father God, that as we open our hearts and our ears to hear your word and to receive it, Father God, I just pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would do the work. That, Father God, we could be freed from our past and, Lord, see doors open for our future in you. Father, I just pray for help for myself, Lord God, that there'd be less of me and more of you, Father God. That, Lord God, what I've prepared is not as important as what you've got to say. So I ask that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Boundaries. The dictionary meaning is the limits of one's personal space, including physical, psychosocial, and interpersonal domains. Um, boundaries are kind of cool if you look at them the right way. When we look at boundaries, there's even like the Ten Commandments, we kind of think of a lot of do's and don'ts and laws and what have you, and it kind of is a bit of a turnoff. But if we can, I suppose, reprocess this, reassess it, and see what it actually means, it means placing safe limits around us. See, when, when I got married, um, both Rhonda and myself had to place some really strong boundaries um, around our life. We started by basically saying things that we shouldn't be doing anymore now that we're married, things that we should be doing that now we are married, things that we shouldn't be looking at now that we're married, things that we shouldn't be saying now that we are married. And it's kind of honouring to create this safe haven of our marriage together in agreement to what we should and shouldn't be doing. And then we had children, eh? A new set of boundaries. How we speak to our children what we say in front of our children, what we don't say in front of our children. And then boundaries for the children themselves. And it was why? Because, I mean, come on, we love our children, don't we? And we want to put them, if we can, in an eggshell and kind of just keep them at home, but we can't. So we start placing boundaries in their different seasons of life. Um, some of the boundaries we had, don't talk to strangers. I don't know what they're doing tonight when they go clubbing. But at that time, for that season, it was don't talk to strangers for obvious reasons. It was look before you leap. Think about what you're doing before you actually do it. Look at the consequence, look at the price, and then make a decision based on that. Don't smoke for obvious reasons. It's unhealthy. It smells, you know, bad. But, you know, that was the boundaries I wanted to place on my children. Don't swear. Again, 
I mean, seriously, you know, it's cold. It's just cold. It's just cold. That's all it is. It's cold. All right? Or it might be sunny or it might be rainy, but that's all it is. We don't need to put any adjectives in between there. So it was a a lesson we needed to teach. Um, Don't drink and make a fool of yourself. That was another one we asked them not to do. It was a boundary because as youngsters, they experienced um, a couple of, let's call them friends for now, that went overboard in their drinking and the way they behaved and the way they looked. Now, we just said, this is the reason why we place those boundaries, so you don't overstep your mark and end up looking like that. Or don't drink and drive, again, for obvious reasons. Don't have sex before you're married, again, for obvious reasons. So, boundaries are are good. Why? Because I love my kids so much, I wanted to keep them in this safety net. But as they grow, of course, boundaries tend to expand a little. Trust is developed. Good relationships are developed. And um, God loves me so much that he placed boundaries on my life even before I was born. Like he gave us the Ten Commandments and each and every one of us have probably either heard of them or said them once or twice. Ten Commandments, not a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. They were actually boundaries placed for our safety. For the sake of the exercise, if I was to ask not individually, but as a church. Who knows the Ten Commandments? Okay, we have one taker. We have two. Fantastic. Okay, you're free to speak at this stage. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. What is the first commandment? What is the second commandment? That shall have no other God before me. What is the third commandment? That's what we're doing here today, aren't we? Fourth one, honour your mother and father. First one that came with a promise. It's about relationship again. First one that came with a promise that you may have long life. And don't think just because you've gone over 18 that that boundary that was placed there still doesn't exist. It does. Just because you're married doesn't mean we stop honouring our mother and father because the promise is still there. We honour so that we may have long and beautiful life with our family. And then you've got these ones everyone remembers. Thou shalt not murder, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness. Sorry, shouldn't have said that one. You shall not covet. My wife, my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughter right now. Um, the reason why they're here is not because we're having an argument or anything like that. Um, the reason why they're not here is they're on a holiday right now. And before they went on this holiday, of course, we came to agreement that there's set boundaries it's called a budget. <laughs> they've gone to Melbourne and they've already overcrossed the mark. They called me yesterday. Can we have an extension on this loan, please? <laughs> but, you know, since we're talking about budget, budget's a good thing too. That's a, that puts a boundary in our financial world. It is really, really important to place those limits. Otherwise, we could end up in debt that we could never, ever pay. Um, we, um, oh, look, we're blessed in the sense that I'm an electrician, self-employed, and um, I've got work, which is really cool. But even though we place limits, even though we may have, we place limits. 
You know, Pastor Hartley was talking about first trusting the Lord your God. Well, we need to trust God with our finances as well for the simple reason that he has given it to us. Please acknowledge that. He has blessed me. He has blessed you. So first fruits goes to him. Secondly, we need to be great stewards of all that he's given us. And we need to be good stewards. So I don't mind being generous. I love being generous. But within the limits, within the boundaries that I've placed on my life when it comes to finances, each and every one of us should be able to actually see that, maybe even write it down so you know where you stand. I think it would honour God to keep order. The other area I wanted to touch on, and this could be a touchy subject because it was for me, um, who am I doing life with? And the truth is, whether you want to believe it or not, the people you do life with will influence you one way or another. I've seen too many great men, great men, make bad decisions based on the influences that they've been with the people they've been walking with. The Bible makes it so clear. The first scripture for the day is 1 Corinthians 15.33. The first three words are four. Do not, other versions will say don't, so it's only three. <laughs> Do not be misled. That's the first, those, those words there caught my attention. Do not be misled because the company that I keep, bad company will corrupt the good character that God's trying to build in me. So the reason why I said it's a touchy subject is I, I was hanging out with some bad guys, with some bad company, and it did corrupt my character. My parents tried on many, many occasions. I don't, we don't want you hanging out with him. You can't choose my friends. That was my argument. And it was true, they can't. Although they want to for your safety, they can't. So they tried. The best way they knew how was to come down hard on me, but it didn't work. So that bad company that I kept corrupted the character that they have instilled in me. They deposited in me ever since I was this big, okay, corrupted it because it started putting doubt in my way of thinking. Oh, this is good, try this, this is great. Yeah, why not? Let's do this, it'll be so much fun. Yeah, why not? Bad company will corrupt us because they'll bring in doubt and confusion to what's already been instilled in you, which is goodness from your parents. And God is leading us. How tough is it when I came to know him that he says, you know, you've got to cut ties with some people because I was going, still doing the things that I was doing with the people that I was living life with, but yet still coming to church, there was a change at church. I tried to take that change to there. Guess what? It didn't work. I'd be influenced more and more because there's, I suppose, outnumbered. I was singular. But if, you, if I was to bring these people into this atmosphere into the church, then I can be an influencing factor. We need to be careful who we do life with. It started with um, my responses to our conversation would be Bible-based, because I'm reading the Word. I'm, I'm like, wow, this is great news, and I wanted to pass it on to family members, to my mates, to my workmates, and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And then I read... Um, in one area where it says, you know what? Don't give to those people who don't want. 
walk away. When Jesus sent the 12 out, or the 70 out, wipe the dust off your feet if they don't receive you. Walk away. I've had to cut ties, and this is really, this is why I said this is touchy, with my brothers, with my sisters. I had to cut ties with my friends who I kind of grew up with. And then guess what? That brought me into isolation. It brought me to a place where I didn't want to be on my own. But here's where God's promise comes. He says, I've grafted you, I've adopted you into a new church family, and this is where you will grow. And God protected me in church for the roughly about 10 to 12 years before my family came back. Don't be misled. Bad company. It doesn't matter if they're blood. It doesn't matter if you love them. I'm not asking you not to love them. God is not asking you not to love them. But he's, asked, he's telling you and he's saying, don't be misled. The bad company that you keep will corrupt the character that I'm trying to build in you. And that's where we need to build those boundaries. Tough? Absolutely. But you know what? You're in a great church. You'll have help here. There are men's groups, women's groups, family groups. You'll get what you need in the house of God. He didn't place you in a church or in a family that he's going to disown you. He's placed you in a place where you'll actually grow and fulfill the destiny and the, and the plan that he has for your future as well. Amen? Yeah. Building strong boundaries. Now, every relationship needs boundaries. Every relationship. I mean, golfer, they got boundaries. Cricket players, they got boundaries. Footballers, they got boundaries. Would you believe it? Even fishing. There is a line I can't cross somewhere out in the deep blue. When I go fishing, there's boundaries. But they're placed there, like I said, for our safety. Matthew 5, 37 says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything else beyond this comes from the evil one. When we're in relationships, this is what I've noticed, that people will come and sort of ask you something, and according to the word of God, all I need to say is yes or no. But we get this, when we don't have boundaries, we get this thing inside us to, to try and explain ourselves. Yes, I can, but because of this, I blah, blah. And we, we kind of get into this deal where we're actually creating a place for an argument against to what I've already just said. I don't think, oh, look, I want to free everyone here today from this one thing. Need to know. If I uh, come up and ask, can you help at the kebab night on 4th of August, Friday, Free Cobar Road, Jural? <laughs> be free to say no. Don't be obliged to say yes. If you can, I'll be so grateful. If you can't, I'll organise someone else. It's okay. Don't, don't be a yes man for the sake of being a yes man. Say yes for the right reasons and also if it fits into your schedule we all have our schedules and you know sometimes we can inconvenience like pastor matt said we can in by the way it's burgle <laughs> burgle burgle i like i like burgle, I like burgle. Um, we can be inconvenienced sometimes when it doesn't interfere for me when it doesn't interfere with my family first and second anything i may have already committed to a church and third anything that i might have already committed at work so there's a series of questions that I ask before I, make, I say yes. I'll, one good answer, learn it, and I'll give you permission to use it. 
That's a great idea. Can I get back to you? You know why? Because you're actually being positive. And secondly, you're saying, I need to get back to you. Why? Because I need to actually see what my commitments are. For men, I'd like to check with my wife. Maybe she's planned something. And if it concerns the family or the house, the home, I'd like to check with my children just in case they've planned something so that way we don't get a clash. Building boundaries around everything that we say and do is godly. And taking on the Ten Commandments is not being living by a law. It's actually God saying, I love you so much that I want to place these boundaries around your life and inside those boundaries you're free to do whatever you want to do. I love what Paul says. And you'll get a revelation of this if you really meditate on it. He says, everything is permissible. I'm not giving you permission to sin here. <laughs> everything is permissible, but or not everything is beneficial. Everything. So there is freedom within this boundary, as Pastor um, Smallcom, uh, Mark, yeah, preached. I love it. I absolutely love it. Setting boundaries. When we buy a house, it comes with boundaries already set up. You're buying a block of land, you want to build a house. It comes already marked out with boundaries. So that way you know what's yours and what's not. In a relationship, the reason for those boundaries that you set, you'll know what's yours and what's not. There are two sides of the coin in a relationship. There's one person that will always be trying to please the other and there may be uh, times where the other person is always trying to receive, take, rather than give. Smiles that I'm getting, I'm thinking you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> for, for both of you, let me just say this now, for both those sides, let me just say this now. Setting boundaries, I can actually set boundaries where Pastor Hartley and Pastor Natalie would know without me actually saying you can't cross this line. You come to my house, I'll have a table spread Okay? And I will say, please help yourself. If there's anything else you need, please ask. Not please go into the pantry or into the fridge or into the bedroom and find what you need. See how you set boundaries. So in relationships, you set boundaries that way. I've had people that have walked in um, into my house, and, and believe you me, it doesn't uh, upset me, but it tells me a lot about their character when they just help themselves. See, if, I, if you walked in, I said, please help yourself, you need a cup of tea in the pantry, milk's in the fridge, I've given you now permission. I've taken those boundaries away. But if I've said, if you need anything, please ask, I've placed a boundary saying, come and see me. I'm happy to give you what you need. Whenever I go to someone's house and they're making me tea, I'm free to ask, do you have any honey? I don't think I'm placing too many boundaries there because I like honey rather than sugar in my tea. So if... <laughs> See, there's, like, yeah, you can play with this, can't you? <laughs> um, here's what it says in Proverbs 25, 17. If you, look, wisdom comes from the book of Proverbs, which comes from God that was given to the most wisest man in the world, and that was Solomon. Read with, uh, Proverbs and enjoy the benefits of all the wisdom that you receive. Proverbs 25, 17 says this. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and you will be hated. So how close is too close? How much is enough? I think here's where we need um, discernment 
and we also need to learn a little bit of body language um, to know seldom means not too often. You know, you don't want to leave in people's pockets. Um, pop in and see them. I think that's great. Visiting is absolutely phenomenal. We love it. Um, but there are boundaries that we place on our life. Um, some of us make it quite clear. The guys that have really rigid boundaries, they've got a, got a sign sitting up here saying, keep out, trespassers will be prosecuted. Because we're rigid. We keep people at arm's length for a reason. Of a fear of maybe I can't be myself around them. Or a fear they might get to know me too well and I'm not quite proud of that. Or a fear I've been hurt before and I really don't want to be hurt again. Very rigid. But you know what you're missing out on if you're a rigid boundary person? You're missing out on what we're created for. And we were created to be close and intimate. Close and intimate. That's how God designed us. He saw Adam on his own. He knew what Adam needed. He knows what you need. Rigid people end up being lonely people. Rigid people will come to church. I'm not attacking anyone here. I don't want any emails tomorrow morning. Rigid people will come to church but will leave straight away because they don't want people to come too close. A flexible person with flexible boundaries that has set them in place will actually be the one that knows how to self-care, look after himself, look after his family, but also look after people. High-capacity people. Because they know when to say no, and I also hope they know how to say no. Because sometimes we can say no pretty abruptly and it doesn't go down too well. But they know. It's like this afternoon, I've been invited to lunch at my in-laws. But I'm willing to be inconvenienced to help out with our friends that need to go back to Fairfield for what, 20 minutes? I'm willing. That's not, that's not like, that's being flexible. But I'm not willing to go further than that because, I, like I said before, I've got previous commitments. So a flexible person loves people, loves God, loves people, and loves his own family as well. So he knows how to put those boundaries in place. I was talking to a friend this week, um, caught up for a cup of coffee, and um, he's going through a situation where he's trying to be flexible, but there are others that have come along and thrown the Christian card towards the situation. You know what the Christian card is? You should love your neighbor. Well, you know what? You can love your neighbor, but not go out to dinner with them. You can love your neighbor but not invite them to a birthday party. Because I think once you've placed boundaries and those neighbours have crossed those boundaries, I think we've learned a valuable lesson. If you want to be hurt all the time and then get to a point where you actually resent people, you'll continue on doing the same thing over and over again. Being flexible meaning I know when to say no now. You need help, I'm happy to help you at this time. Not at your time. Because the people that are always being needy, okay, they'll come and they'll, honestly, they will suck all the energy out of you, okay, but they'll always still be needy. Because I don't want them to become independent of, on me. I want to lead them to someone they can depend on, and that's Jesus Christ himself. So know your boundaries, place boundaries around people, and know your own boundaries, not the cross. It's so important. 
If you're in a relationship, time flies when you're having fun. If you're in a relationship, I think there's boundaries that need to be set there as well. Um, God is into relationships. So if you're, when I'm talking now about relationships, I'm talking about if you're dating someone or thinking of dating someone. It's so important to ask a few questions. And I wrote them down, and I just wanted to share them with some people. Firstly, am I free to be who I am? Or are you going to try and reinvent me and change me? What I want to say about that is, if they disapprove of you now, do you think that marriage is going to change that? Answer is no. If they've fallen in love with you now, it's because of who you are and what you have and what you carry. It's because of your personality and the way you think and the way that you talk. But what gives us the right to come into a relationship and say, you know what, I don't like this about you. How about you change for me? And if you don't change, you don't love me. Sorry. Not going to work. Not going to work. If I fall in love with you now, it's for who you are right now. The journey we'll do together. But I'm not about to allow anyone to try and change me. Number two, is the relationship based on honesty? If it isn't, my advice would be get out now. Because look, if we're going to start lying to each other at the beginning, when we're just in dating stages, what do you think is going to end up later? Try and turn it back into an honest relationship. I'm not saying don't give second chances to one another. You should. But if it's not going to work, if it keeps repeating, if there's a cycle there, man, come on. Smell the hummus, as they say in Lebanon. <laughs> Have we established clear boundaries in the relationship? Do we know what our do's and don'ts are? I'm going to touch on it. The Bible says that run from sexual sin. Sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Have you placed boundaries so that doesn't happen? Because I know it can happen without even planning. Let's be honest, okay? We're all adults here. We know what can happen. Love what Simon McIntyre once said when he was here. When you kiss him, make sure you're standing up. <laughs> I say, whatever you do, plan to have someone close by. Try to minimize the amount of time that you're alone. And I mean, like, alone. Why? Because temptation can overcome. It's a safety boundary to place. That's all it is. Is this person possessive or controlling? Let you answer that one. And the last one is, how are we spending our time together? One thing I don't want, as a father, one thing I don't want is for my children to come home with a regret, with something that they've done that they regret. That's one thing I do not want for my children. So that's why we're always, always... <laughs> I'm getting a smile. Always, okay, reminding. That's all. Not nagging, just a reminder in conversation. Going out, hey man, no worries, be sensible. Make sure you're wise. Okay? Give me a text, let me know where you're at. Whatever. You know, like, just keep reminding them. That's all, so they don't forget. So they start the night on a good note. Forgiveness is the basis of our walk and the basis of Christianity. It's like what it's all about. 
that God forgave me before I even asked for forgiveness. He made a decision to pay the price for my debt even before I knew him. That's who Christ is. If you've been in a relationship where you've been hurt, where it's really gone sour and you've turned away from that relationship, I'm not telling you to go back to it, but I'm asking you one thing to free yourself. Because unforgiveness will actually chain you up. It will imprison you in that time and in that world. Every time that name comes up, it'll just bring on pain. Confessing isn't enough. It's good to confess, but I can confess to you that I've done this, I've done that. But if I don't repent, if I don't turn away from it, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And you've heard the word repent many times. In the Bible, it's mentioned it so many times. We need to repent and be baptized. 